0: Can I have your attention? These beaches are officially closing for today. That means absolutely no more swimming. Seconds. Hello, everyone. This is Dr. Michael Katchmar. Welcome to Lifeguards Off-Duty with Dr. Michael Katchmar. Today's date is, I believe it's April the 19th, the year of our Lord, 2023 A.D. You know what A.D. is, Tyler? A.D. After <laughs> oh, AD. death? After death. No. <laughs> After, After, Derek. Derek. After, After Derek. Derek. After Derek. So anyway, uh, let's say hello to everybody. Uh, we have uh, Tyler. Hello, everybody. Hello, How's Tyler. everyone doing? Tyler. And we have, let me see if I get the right camera here. We hey, have Hey, everybody. And uh, here's our long shot. Here's our studio. Uh, Thank you for tuning in. Uh, This is uh, Lifeguards Off Duty. We have a special guest today, uh, but uh, you want to just say hello to the guest first or you want to go to your uh, intro about your, your other thing, your Dolphins?
1: Why are you gonna off. put me on the spot like that? Oh, jeez, see, see what I'm
0: was? <laughs> anyway, well I'll tell you what, I'll put myself yeah, on the spot. We guess wait, wait. To, okay. like, you know. don't have the marquee, you don't have your marquee here. You always I know. forget. I mean, I what know. kind well, of shit? No,
1: what? it's because you finagled with it somehow and it's I not. Didn't up t- here I mean, okay, okay. No, we okay. just turn it off so we can do
0: other stuff. Yeah, we, we turned it. So anyway, well, so uh, we're gone. on just so everybody know, uh, if anybody wants to get a hold of us, it's drcatchmar at iCloud.com. That's drcatchmaricloud.com. we do have a webpage, Jersey Foot and Leg Center. Uh, dot com. Uh, we're on all the you know we're on uh, YouTube, uh, Rumble, uh, 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 what do you call it, um, Facebook, and uh, Spotify, and uh, uh, Apple Podcast. I think we're on Twitch and Twitter too. So uh, get us, get, get, especially on YouTube. Uh, I prefer if you, I prefer, appreciate if you guys. We're all uh, subscribe. over the internet, guys. We're all over the place. So we're going to we're going to start this as soon as we get our thing. Oh, don't worry They're about just it. Just keep going. I got yeah. it. So we um we just want to talk about before we get to our guests. We've been talking about
2: uh
0: the yeah. the
2: dolphin and whales that have been washing up on New Jersey beaches uh throughout the course of the year. On April 15th and 16th, there were uh two dolphins, one in Great Bay near L- Little Egg Harbor and one in Avalon. I we were looking up the numbers before. I think this is thir- over the 30s now for the Dolphins, which is uh, more... 28. 28? Very unusual okay, for this time of year. Very unusual for in general. And let whales. Up, how
0: many whales have come up?
2: We're over 14 last time I checked, but... Uh, so,
0: yeah, again, I'm sorry. Can't keep no,
2: the, a- the average was about one a year, and now we're at 14 since January, and it's April now.
0: And what's some people saying? What's the allegations or the... Uh, Incriminating. What do, uh, what do you think is happening, Cashmore? Recently? I have no idea. All I know is they they've been doing a lot of work out there uh, to uh, to try to. Uh, um, I think they've been doing a lot of solar work because they want to put about thirty thousand windmills out in the ocean. And uh, so they've whatever they've been doing out there, I've seen I've seen the ships out there. And so whatever they're doing, there's a there's the, there's the a, allegation it's that it's affecting yeah. affecting them. It so, could it could be something else, but so, I've never uh, seen so many this time
1: of year. Never, never, so this, ever, ever. This news kind of just. Uh, broke yesterday Um, but the one thing that really stood out to me when I was kind of flipping through the articles about it was the description from the necropsy of this particular dolphin that washed up uh, on 71st street in Avalon the dolphin had no food in its gastrointestinal tract and its lungs were pale and mottled so Sean and I were chatting about that before the show and we were thinking you know, why? Like, why would the dolphin have no food in its stomach? And, well, maybe and it was why sick. Would it, maybe it, it was sick. Exactly. Yeah. Maybe it was sick and not eating. What caused it to get sick? Well, right. Yeah. That's the question.
0: The uh, the big thing. The, the other thing too, when they were talking about the whales, because the whales are really big and. Um, obviously, and uh, there there was this allegation. Oh, they we got hit by uh, tr- uh, uh, ships. Mm-hmm. Well, I've been fishing out there for years. There's hundreds and hundreds, of thousands of ships going up and down, and they would have killed. They've been would have been knocking these whales off, you know, for a long time. For this, they, they're getting hit after they're dead. Uh, it's unusual, very unusual, and it co- it definitely coincides with them doing uh, sonar evaluation for where they're going to put the uh, windmills. Uh, so I think did they put a stop on the windmill? Uh,
2: uh, Not officially. No, but we we don't know what they're doing. It's a private company.
0: Well, it's interesting. It's uh, my yeah. My wife told me the other day she that she showed the pictures on. It's getting alarming. It's really crazy. I wonder if uh, how our Summer summer's going to be. You know if these things will be coming up all over the place. That's going to be a
2: which again is the more populated whale season.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we'll see. I don't know if they're doing anything. Well, we'll keep an eye on it. Um, it's pretty interesting. So, all right. Well, I'll give you over. So, to... Yeah, that's
1: uh, that's our little lifeguard news for today. Um, but Sean, do you want to introduce our uh, our guest that yeah. you've been in contact with? We, we've got
2: Derek Pivko on today. He's uh, he used to lifeguard uh, for Lake Mohawk. He was the waterfront director uh, of Lake Mohawk Country Club in Sparta. He, Derek, do you want to introduce yourself?
3: You did a really good job with the intro. Uh, for those who uh, missed out in the last few seconds, my name is Derek Pifco. I live in Spartan, New Jersey, as well as Mount Arlington. I've been a lifeguard since, I'm going to age myself real quickly, so I'm just going to pretend 21 years in June, and I've enjoyed every second of it. I started off as a lifeguard throughout the years of progress as a WSI, water safety instructor, and then back in 2014 or 2015, I got an LGI lifeguard instructor, and I've Loved every opportunity for it. I've met so many great people along the way. Met some friends that have turned into practically family members. I've been to a lot of their their weddings as well. And then in September, some of those friends are coming to my wedding because this guy's getting married. Hey! Congratulations! Thank you very much. <laughs> Lucky
1: man. I actually can I see your engagement yeah, ring. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Ooh! Yeah. Whoops. <laughs> actually, actually, I just got you know I just got married. Uh, we got married. I got married in September, second time, by the way. But um, these guys. Well, so we had a rowboat. We had a rowboat. If you Google uh, uh, one of our lifeguard rowboats, and we had my wife rowed up to the dock. It was in a lake in Spring Lake. And, uh, so these guys were there, they rowed both of them and they, uh, and then we had four of the lifeguards catcher. I think it's on one of our, uh, episodes If we have. It's pretty wild. wild. And on, a,
2: on our Instagram page, we yeah. were actually talking about doing it for service, Derek, if you're interested.
0: Yeah. She could, they could roll your wife in if you have it on the lake. <laughs> <laughs> well, congratulations. Got to talk to the messes first. Thank yeah, you. Uh, yeah. No <laughs> Listen, that was my wife's idea. I thought it was a bit, I'm like, Oh, you don't know. You well, know, even to have it outside was a, you know, a uh, a risk, but it came out really nice. A beautiful, beautiful day. But anyway, well, congratulations. Thank you. So,
2: Derek, uh, before when we were in contact, you did, you said that Lake Mohawk was a special place to you, working there. Uh, do you want to just go into a little bit of detail about that?
3: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, just for the record, I I'm technically an only child, and when I was uh, little and couldn't be left by myself, we had this term called a babysitter, and one of our babysitters was the uh, lifeguard at Lake Mohawk Country Club, and. I really idolized this individual. Talked to talk to her still to this day. Her birthday wasn't too long ago now, think about it. And I wanted to be more like her. So she said that she was a lifeguard. Say, hey, when I turn fifteen or sixteen, I want to do what she did. And I ended up working with, with her for a little bit and I climbed the ranks with her. She she has a WSI, so I wanted to do that. So when you idolize somebody, I just that's pretty much what I ended up doing. I've been a lifeguard there since two thousand three. I was a supervisor there in '09 to about 11, then disappeared for a couple of years and I came back in 2018.
2: Uh, what, what, what was, what was special about her? Like you, you so she you looked up to her. Did she yeah.
3: To just... Go ahead. Uh, just one of those, like the nicest people you ever meet. And she was kind of like in the uh, cool crowd. So whenever you like ran into her in town you say, Hey Derek, how's it going? And it was just, just cool if someone, because as I said before, I'm an only child and it was just being able to talk to this person this, as a mentor. She did very well in college. She went to a great college as well. So that you always want to have a good positive influence in your life. And if I had never met Chrissy, would I have been a lifeguard? Probably not. But at the same time, everyone comes into your life for a certain reason. And Chrissy was kind of like a, a guiding force to say, hey, when you get older, you want to follow her path.
2: Uh, yeah. Uh, swimming wasn't something that you were into as a child, but I guess when you were being uh, babysat by her or interacted <clears> with her that she that just grew on you.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I would. I was on swim team for a grand total of one summer. I realized it wasn't wasn't my best. Uh, people were getting out of the water when I was pretty much halfway through the course. So it's like, all right, let's get this guy out of the water. Then everyone can celebrate. And then after, when I got older, I was swimming in Tucson, Arizona. I was on the, uh, joined the Tucson Racket Club just to get in shape. And then I realized I was kind of decent at it. And then, uh, in uh, what was that year? It was August of 2009. I was getting ready to go back to school for my final semester. And unfortunately, my financial aid and my major got discontinued at Arizona. So I was six classes shy of graduating. And that kind of like took a mental uh, beating in my mind. And I needed a little stress uh, first. So, uh, one of my uh, supervisors, who's going to be at my wedding as well, he talked to me about saying that his uh, wife is a breast cancer survivor and he's going to be swimming uh, Lake Mohawk, which is 3.1 uh, miles long. And it's the largest man-made lake in the state of New Jersey. And he wanted to uh, raise money for the Susan G. Komen Foundation. And something in my mind clicked saying, I don't think you're going to be able to swim 3.1 miles, but... Uh, can I join you and see how far I can do it? And <laughs> Rich finishes relatively quickly and three days later, no. And then I finished up, I think I did it like two hours and 10 minutes with with maybe like one month of training. So when I commit to something, I'm all in. And for some some reason I said, Hey, I can do more of this right after that. There was a Lake of pack on swim race the following weekend. And I just became fall in love with competitive swimming. I was a basketball player at junior college I miss the athletics and wanted to keep, keep going.
2: Uh, I just got to ask, are you, are you watching the playoffs right now with with the NBA?
3: I cannot stand the NBA. I'm more of a uh, NCAA guy. So (laughs) yes. And my college did not do well.
2: Uh, (laughs) What team? What college?
3: I I went to the university of Arizona. So the smart kids at Princeton beat us in the first round, but very next day, uh, Purdue decided to lose to a team from New Jersey. So New Jersey teams do really well in the NCAA tournament. So next year, Rutgers, I'm looking at you.
2: Yeah, we show up. <laughs> who uh, who won the tournament? I don't pay attention to NCAA like that. Do you know, Derek?
3: I who? did and it totally just went out of my mind.
2: Yeah, the, the, the Angelo <laughs> – An- Nothing, Angel nothing I can't Google. Yeah, the Angel oh, UConn uh, won it. UConn won it. The Angel – Yes. Yeah. Uh, Caitlin Clark thing was way more uh, – was a bigger story. I was paying attention to that more. Live. Right. I just, wa- I just want to uh, let everyone know: d- three point one miles you swam is is ninety two laps in a, an Olympic pool and like a standard gym pool that that's twenty five meters. It's it's one hundred and eighty four laps that you you did nonstop. And that's an that's an amazing accomplishment. Congratulations! That,
0: that is, yeah. I the, the most I've ever uh, the most i ever done was two miles. I did a um, tin man down in um, Maryland. Yeah, somewhere. you're a tin man. Yeah, it was a tin man. It wasn't a gold or yeah. You know, and what it was, you know, it was two miles swim. It was supposed to be a mile swim, but we we swam two. <laughs> but I mean, that's you grease your joints. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like the tin man. But it was it was brutal, man. That's 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 and you did it in a pool, like. I I did it in a lake actually. Oh, I thought it said in the pool over here. Yeah. Um, oh, you're, you're saying how what it equates to? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that's that's amazing. I I didn't. I don't know where I did it, but it, but that three mile man. That's a you know without stopping. That's like uh, those people who swim across the channel, or uh, there's some people go from uh, Florida to to uh, Cuba or uh, whatever no, that Bimini, is. Bimini, Bimini. Is I that the closest it, place? I don't know. It's miles and miles. You know so. Uh, that's, that's wild. We had one lifeguard in here. He did uh what did he do a paddleboard in Hawaii? How far did he go? Like 30 miles or something?
1: He did something ridiculous. The race oh. to Bimini, I think it was called. Hey, I don't know where it was. It was something crazy. So,
0: so how much did you guys, how much did you, um, raise as far as money goes?
3: Where's I've done it actually four times. So the first time wow. we did it, I, I think we did wow. in 2009, probably like around three grand. And then I did it the following year. Uh, one of my, someone actually found me on a Google. He's a, I think he's now in his seventies now, maybe a little older than that. And then, uh, he wanted to come up for the race and one of my friends wanted to partake in it. So the following year we did about 3000 or no, we did $4,000 and did it one other time. And then my last time I did it was in 2016. Reason why I did in 2016 is my mom had breast cancer that year and we wanted to do something about it. And I thought about it. It was next day happened to be one of the nicest day of the year. So I, I called rich and, and I said, Hey, do you mind uh, getting a boat out there so I can be uh, escorted across the lake? Cause you don't want somebody swim by yourself in the middle of a uh, Lake Mohawk. So we, you have to have an escort out there, uh, a, basically a boat traffic coordinator. So just to make sure that when someone's swimming that you're in a safe area. So I ended up swimming the entire lake it was probably one of my fastest times I did it. And, um, as I said before, my mom had breast cancer, so I decided to uh swim the lake doing breaststroke in dedication for breast cancer wow. awareness. And I think we did it. I that one took me a while. I think I got lost actually. So <laughs> I think it was like I think it was like two hours, like ten minutes later. So I ended up finishing the lake and it was just just a rewarding thing. My mom wow. is totally fine. I actually totally forgot that my mom had breast cancer a few years ago, which is something we just don't talk about. She's 100 healthy, as healthy as someone at her age can be. I think I may may just sound old. So, mom, if you're listening, uh, just pretend I didn't say that. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: that's great. That's great. That's great.
3: Well, that's yeah, just-
1: man. My uh, my mom had ovarian cancer a couple years ago, and uh, she's totally fine now. And it's like the best feeling in the world, isn't it? Like getting through that. Yeah. Like, just like oh, she, I remember she called me up. She's like, she's like, I'm gonna be okay. I just like completely broke down. It was like the most emotional moment of my life. Here, that was the best news I've ever heard in my life. So, I'm really happy to hear that she's all right, man.
3: And it's just like the community when people found out about it. It wasn't empathy. They were saying, "What can we do to help you? Do you guys want meals, or Mm -hmm. just like a simple five minute phone call? Like all of a sudden, no one calls you for a while. Then all of a sudden, ten minutes later, people are checking in on you. How are you doing? Do you need anything? Do you need someone to talk to? Do you want me to leave you alone? Uh, What Mm -hmm. can we do? It was just. And when you live in a small town like I do, just about everyone knows who you are. And when people found out that my mom had breast cancer, it was just like a, it was kind of like a mini homecoming. Everyone was reaching out to her. It's just when you go through like a terrible experience like that, and just shows like how great people can really be.
1: Yeah, I, I just I remember like so many and people you you thought you wouldn't hear from or and wouldn't reach out and wouldn't offer their help and right. It's when and it's and it's when people I think offered to do something that you didn't even know you needed is when if and is when it's the most special. Like yeah, I remember just showing up and there was just trays of food at our house because we had just no time to cook, you know, right. and, and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. so um, you know,
0: that's one thing. That's one thing. You just bring that up because that's one thing that's unique about very unique about the United States. Out of all the places in the world, we really we have the most charitable people. We give the most money. To charity than anywhere in the world, anywhere in the world. I mean, it doesn't happen. I mean, we're so used to it here. It, it, it you know, like we have a down here, we have a swim, um, well, in the, where the, the seaside, the polar bear plunge, they they, may think they think they made two million dollars. There's like a little, there'll be a run for like Nova Nordisk you know the drug company they'll do a run on a weekend they they'll, they'll bring in a couple hundred thousand dollars the Juvenile Diabetes Association I've been to that that uh, thing they'll have a... they usually used to rent out giant stadium up here and it would be like a tent in the middle and they would they would have the um what do you call it? Uh, uh, we, you know, the silent uh, auction. But then at the end, they would start. People would say, "Okay, we're gonna we're gonna start the bidding." You know, you could you could uh, donate, and it starts like a hundred thousand dollars, and somebody will raise the flag, and that's one guy hundred, another guy hundred. Then then it goes down to seventy five thousand, <laughs> and you're like, "I'm sitting there going, whoa!" I mean, so we're the most charitable country, and that's good. It makes you feel good, but that's part of our DNA, and I think that's more that's American, you know, apple pie and and and, and charity. So that's a good thing, and I'm glad for your mom. Uh, God bless her, and um, you know, my mom died when she was ninety years old. So, you know, I was very close to my dad and my mom, and they had great lives. And uh, so, I'm, uh, you, know, it's, it's, you know, you always can tell the character of somebody when, you know, what is their honor? Their mother and their father. You know, that's mm-hmm. it's it's good. So, anyway, that's my little two cents into the whole thing. <laughs> so, Sean, you want to take it back, Sean? <laughs>
2: yeah, uh, Derek. Well, a, a big part of your your lifeguarding career was uh, a, a Labor Day, twenty twenty one there was a a drowning that happened. And do you want to describe the events for us to start?
3: Yeah, um, Labor Day 2021 is one of those days where you kind of remember everything that happened leading up prior to that and everything that happened afterwards for that. Um, That day uh, was a really nice day as well. And I remember I got to my job, my commute at the time was probably like six minutes away. So very quick and get there really quickly. I remember I had a plan. I had agenda that day. Uh, one of our floating docks at one of our beaches was floating on shore, so I was getting the chains out. I had them out there, so I was gonna pull one of my lifeguards and we say, "Hey, let's fix this before Beach Five goes postal again." And then I got to my I got to my uh, office, and the worst thing that happened I, prior to that it was like around eleven thirty, and one of my guards said, "Hey, I'm gonna be about fifteen minutes late. I just got in a car accident." And me being at the age where I could probably have a kid. And my first question is, one, are you okay? Don't worry about coming in. We'll take care of it. And let me know how you're feeling later. And I figured that was going to be the worst part of my day. And about five minutes later, a uh, three police officers, first Sparta police, come down, wailing down our, our street, uh, West Shore Trail, which is about a 25 mile per hour sp- uh, speed area. They were going about 50. They're going over speed humps. And it was just, I had no idea what was going on. At the same time, I was praying, I hope everybody's okay. About 30 seconds later, uh, the head of uh, Marine Services, Rich Carlson, calls and say, "Hey, uh, we have a missing swimmer at Wisher Trail at a residential property. You need to get all your lifeguards over there and bring them over to the residence." So, um, one thing that I forgot just about till now is it was last day of the summer, so everyone's going back to school the very next day. Only two of my radios were working, so I had to call everyone and say, "Hey, we have a missing swimmer. I'm coming to your beaches, and we're going to be picking everybody up." And my uh, my supervisor for that day, I think she was just turned 18, so all my lifeguards were between the ages of 16 and 18. I looked at her and said, "Hey, our life is about to change." And I said, "You go down Easter Trail. You pick up all the guards and bring them to the beach, to the to the residential home." I took West Shore and I got everybody there. I think within a span of maybe like seven minutes, I was okay. at at the house.
2: But before you continue, can you describe the layout of uh, Lake Mohawk and how the beaches are arranged with the, the guards? Are they is it, are they scattered? Are they is there like one main swimming beach? What, what does that look like on a on a regular day?
3: Oh, perfect. That's a good thing to ask for people who don't know. So, um, we have about eleven. Uh, different beaches. As I said earlier, Lake Mohawk is the largest man-made lake in the state of New Jersey. So we have 11 different beaches. On the East Shore Trail area, we have Beach 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, and 6. Then on West Shore, we have uh, Sleepy Lagoon, Happy Valley, Alpine is, Pool.
2: Is there a more popular beach or are they're all populated? How does it go?
3: Um, our busiest beaches are at Beach 6, Alpine, and Upper. They're three-guarded beach. And most of the other beaches are two guarded beach towards the end of the summer, as you guys are well aware of with scheduling people, go back to school. So we had to close certain beaches. So we had the busier beaches open and then the supervisors were there because it's a private area. So we had to check the wristbands, make sure everyone there is a member and then go on to our beaches. So, um, we pulled up some of the guards and just about ev- we got everybody. I forgot one beach. It happens. So, um, we yeah, got everybody there. The police officers are ready in the water, and then um, I we had our dive mask with us, mask and fins. And one thing that I always told everybody prior is, I want my guards to be bored at their job. My thing is, reason why I say that is, every day where nothing happens is we're one day closer to something happening. So that day happened on a Labor Day of two thousand twenty-one. So the guy, what happened was, he was eighty years old. He either had a double knee replacement or a double hip surgery within a few months he never swam he was uh he was on his dock he was just uh, got done uh, boating so he's bringing his boat up i think it was supposed to rain the next day if i'm not mistaken and uh he fell in the water he lost his balance and he couldn't swim his wife saw everything that happened so she turned around and called 911 she didn't have her phone with her so she went in the house by the time that she came back and to look for the guy he was underwater so she called 911, and we were there very quickly. As I said before, I think I was there within seven minutes of the call. So it was right at the beginning of the day, right around 12 o'clock. I had everybody in the water. My group arrived first because I was a little bit closer. So we started doing the deep water uh, exercises where deep water search. We were able to go down. Everyone had their mask and fins. And what after is the,
2: that – What does the deep water search look like for, for a lake? What is all right. So routine? um.
3: So what we do is uh, we line up with arms length, we stretch out just to make sure we're able to cover the ground. And we weren't. We did a couple of uh, loops. And we said, "All right, we're gonna go again." Everyone catch their breath because we're. I think we're diving like maybe about 10, 10 feet of water. When you're in the, in murky water, it's kind of hard to calculate exactly where you were. And then um, the other guards showed up. They were doing shallow water searches. The way that we found the guy, and another thing I forgot to talk about is. State police uh, dive team was actually coming to to help us out as well. I think they're based in Persephone, so they're getting shuttled over there as well. I think they're coming via helicopter. They had a landing spot, so they were going to come help us out. But um, the reason why we found the guy so quickly, we found him within 30 minutes. Uh, what happened was one of our Marine Patrol officers has a fishing boat. And you guys know what a fish finder is? Yeah. yeah. I know one of you guys just yeah. talked about being it's a, a uh, fisherman. Yeah, so, so... When you, when you look at a fish finder or a sonar, you see a long uh, black line. We found out where the guy was, and uh, I was called over. Uh, Rich Carlson, who's the head of Marine Services, all of a sudden it did, Derek, come over here. I don't know if you can see me, basically pointing right down. And I froze for a second. I've never frozen in my life, and I, still tr- I can picture exactly what I was looking at. I was scared at first, and then he went down and got the guy. We came up, and we brought him to shore. Um, I was, it was scary. I, I won't yeah, lie.
2: I bet it's scary. I'm,
1: it's a yeah. human reaction.
3: He was, very, uh, he uh, was underwater for about 30 minutes. What's
1: that? If you don't mind me asking real quick, how deep was the lake or, or where he was submerged?
3: Uh, he drowned in seven feet of water. So, um, our guards helped us out cause it was a very rocky area. Uh, one thing that I did cause I was in mask and fins, I knew that one of my guards didn't have uh, his uh, fins with him, so it was easier to bring it over to them, bring him over to ashore. shore. We had the paramedics there. We had the police there as well. So we basically brought him to shore and pulled him out of the water there. He was deceased. Um, what happens after drowning, something that doesn't talk about is losing someone is horrible it, for the family as well. But one thing that sometimes isn't get talked about as well is the people who found the individual, people that were there for the rescuers. So as again, as I said before, we're talking about 16, 17, 18 year olds. So uh, we had a debriefing there. I says, I will close down all the beaches right now if you want to, or you can go back to your your beaches. I'll drive you back. And if you guys start changing your mind, call me. I will totally understand. I'll make the call, talk to the general manager. We'll do whatever you guys want. And at first they're saying, all right, um, we're going to go back to the beaches that lasted for about 25 minutes. I started getting phone calls saying, Hey, uh, we, we can't, we can't operate and we're, we're scared of people going in the water. So, uh, I called the general manager. He was at the, he was there at the, at the drowning as well. And it says, Hey, we can't operate. So what we ended up doing is, as I said before, um, Lake Mohawk is, is a great community. There's so many wonderful people in that area. Um, very close friends with people who still live there. And one of our friends, actually one of the people on Marine Patrol, she's now getting her doctorate at Boston College, if I'm not mistaken. So she's psychology. So she was there to go over for the trauma just to talk to the kids. So what we ended up doing is we, once all the guards got to our office, they were obligated to call the parents, let them know what happened, and that where they are as well, in case they wanted to get picked up later. So we had a debriefing session. And another thing I've said Rich Carlson a couple times as well is, he is a le- retired uh, police officer for Leonia. I think he retired as a lieutenant. So he's gone through a lot of these calls. He's gone through a lot of the trainings. So he he led the training for us. And then uh, the person who was on Marine Patrol, she talked to us as well just to say, this is what you're going to be feeling if you're not feeling it right now. Parents were picking up the kids towards the end. And we gave them a piece of paper for our human resources where we're going to pay for the counseling. However, when talked to to uh, – when you're talking to 15 16 17 18 year old kids you have a piece of paper well they do they lose it yep. so um two days later we uh we're starting to get more phone calls saying hey you guys gave us something but uh, we lost the our, our son or daughter lost a piece of paper what can you do for us so I figured if, if not just one person so we had we got all the parents who were whose kids were there that day we had a uh, parent meeting we had our General Manager, we had our controller who was in charge of HR, myself, and Rich Carlson, head of Marine Services, just to explain everything that went on that day. But Derek, before we and, talk about
2: before we talk about the the parent parent meeting, were, were you uh, transporting the kids to and from the beaches after the incident? And what were what were they like like Were they con- confused? Did you see that they were scared? How, like, how did you feel? And what, what did you see about that situation? I never really thought
3: about that, but um, when because I, I I have a, a Ford Escape, so I think I had five people in my car, and it was more kind of like, it was a very quiet ride, and then people were slowly starting to uh, start talking about it, and I think they're they most of those people probably never witnessed a, a fatality like that ever, and hopefully it'll be the last as well. But um, then I said, hey, if you guys change, let me know what's going on, and then one of the one of the guards called and said, hey, um, I can't do this. He was. He was in the uh, the bathroom at the the Portageon, and he's talking to his mom, saying, "Hey, I can't, I can't function." I so to, I wanted I have to have talk to imagine
2: him in that moment. He felt very scared, but that's a very brave thing to to be able to tell you that he was afraid, that he was sad and scared.
3: Oh, absolutely. So um, he he started the the chain reaction as well, and then I, pretty much people find out very quickly when you're in a small town what what happened. So I was getting messages, and uh, me yeah. as my Personally, when something like that happens, I want to be left alone. But in my position as a supervisor, I can't be. So I was responding to the people that I could. Then I made a decision to close the beaches. Just about all the beaches were pretty good about it. Uh, one beach was not very happy about it. They're saying, how dare you close the beaches? We have a, a party going on at one of the beaches. I'm going to try my best not to let the name of the uh, lake say just in case they're listening. But um, I talked to the general manager and I said, hey, this beach did not react very well. They had a party going on that day, and saying, "Oh, I heard you had a drowning, and you're closing all the beaches now." There's a party here. You want another one? I wish I was lying when I said that, but I just remember I remember figure out who the phone number was, blocked the number, went on uh, social media, blocked their number. I didn't want to talk to those people ever again. Mm-hmm. And then just I told the general manager, "Hey, expect a phone call from these people as well." But I decided to uh, be a better man that day and. I actually went to that that beach afterwards, and I sat at in the lifeguard stand. One of my guards had to be home that day. She heard about it, and she said, hey, do you want? Do you need help with anything? So I said, hey, do you mind going to – I almost said the name of the, of, the be- of the beach just now. I said, hey, go over there. I'm going to be there for a little bit as well. And I told that person, whatever you do, your other responsibility besides washing water, make sure I do not get off the stand. I was livid that.
2: Oh, no. Oh, I think we just lost him. Derek, if you, if you're still connected, we we definitely just lost connection with you. That is absolutely tragic.
1: Uh, I had a good question lined up too. I'll
2: just have him call. Yeah, back. whenever you're ready, can we can we call him?
0: So you know what's um, while you're doing. Uh, that? I
1: don't think I can send him a quick oh. email. So
0: what's interesting about what he's saying uh, uh, is is you know when people ha- see tragedy, you know I, I we've had drownings since LBI, you know we had in Seaside. Uh, you know, we have be, uh, after hours, you know, like, I think we had, I don't know how many we oh, had. There we there go. Hours. What are you saying,
2: Cash? Oh, I mean,
0: you know, I, I was going to make a comment. Let's get him back on. Let him finish. Did you get him back? <laughs> <laughs> hey, we there lost you. Oh,
2: Derek. Oh, right.
3: Sorry, my uh, computer crashed. <laughs> That's
0: all right. Hey, that, that, was, that yeah. was a quick response. Listen, listen, while, while we had a break, you know, I just want to throw a couple things. Because, you know, I, I wanted to ask you, when you initially said that uh, the police came down, and then mm-hmm. when you got to the area, they were in the water. So would, yeah. you, uh, were they were they the, poli- the rescue? They have a rescue, marine rescue squ- uh, squad? Because we have fire. We have fire company, but they don't work when we work. You know, they, they're they <laughs> after hours. But so well, do you guys piggyback with the police just to get an, uh, an understanding of the environment there? Like what were, what's their role? I mean, they, were the, were the they, the police just, their, did they their,
2: just happen to be the closest people around at the time? They
0: take their skivvies off? I mean, what do they do? Like do they have? You know.
3: Yeah. So uh, what happened was uh, we had three police cars there, and two of them were actually in the water, and one of them was the uh, sergeant. So when you do like incident command, the the person with the highest rank they they took they they take over the scene. So we had but, the one uh, we had the sergeant oversee, and they said, "All right, you two officers, they were in the water. One of them jumped on with with everything with them. They had their belt on, so they had to take the belt off and put that on the dock as well." They, and then they we took got their guns
0: there. off. They took their guns off and. Yeah, yes, it's interesting because in our area the cops are not allowed because they they've done that and cops almost drowned and also they put their guns on the beach and somebody you know could steal them. But I was just wondering so the cops are, are allowed to do that there, which is you know it's it's whatever the law. I mean whatever they decide. I was just wondering that you know if they're trained or not, you know, and uh, that you know they could go in. So then the other thing I so so they were there, and then when this guy was getting off his boat and fell in the dock, is that the deal? Is that what it was? He was
3: um. He was putting a cover on his boat because it was supposed to rain the very next day, the so he did
0: water. that. Yeah, so he was next to the dock and he was putting it in. Yeah, I, I'm a Correct. coast guard. I'm a coast guard auxiliary. You know, and the reason why mm-hmm. I bring this up is that, we're, you know, most of drownings that are boat related are, you know, nobody has life preserver on. But I tell you what, you go to the dock, you take it off. I mean, you know, I, I mean, I could see that you never think in a million years to put it on when you're at the dock. I'm just, I'm just, you know, thinking. Uh, you know uh, safety you know i always look at an incident i mean you know, as from a doctor we always try to look and what's wrong and what can we do better even our beaches you know we we've had drownings you know uh, you talk about people being um, uh, not 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 sensitive we'll have a, last summer we had you know there was two drownings a mile up and down from us you know, not on our beach but a mile up and a mile down there were they weren't protected beaches you know this is in september but we were lifeguarding and i and we have rough water and i tell people listen you can't swim it's very dangerous today and they're like, well, no, I don't think it is. I said, well, somebody just drowned two days ago up there, and somebody drowned over there. They could care less, right? They, <laughs> you yeah. know, I'm telling you, people don't. They're just, they're like, well, I'm, I'm not going to drown. And you know, you can't even talk to them. But, but it's interesting. It, it's, you know, you get all everybody responds to it differently. And saying about, you know, when about people die. When I first started my training, and you know, I was in the hospital. You know, people die coming in dead on arrival or whatever it it affects you you know especially in the beginning you know i'm 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 different now i mean i you know I'm, i've been you know 30 the years of seeing this stuff but when a young child and you, you got to remember that you know somebody who's 16 17 18 or somebody who has never seen it it's it's it, you can't function you know i and i appreciate where you come from i've seen it where people are just totally you know and it it and, and it and it could affect them uh, tremendously i think it's really good that you you know we're on on top of that and getting these kids um you know treatment I say really that's what they need it, it, what is it a post traumatic stress syndrome yeah it could it could it could take off on you you know on some of these people um, wh- one other the points I want to make a point that there was just this girl it was a big thing in Belgium, and I know this is getting a little off, but this girl was fourteen years old there was a bombing in, in a Belgium airport somewhere there, maybe it was in Germany, and she witnessed it fourteen years old, never had any treatment she it lingered on, lingered on, she got to the point where she was so bad she couldn't function and actually you know um uh, she ended her life, you know. So it, it, it's just from she wasn't even the bomb didn't even go off near it was. You are there.
1: getting a little off now.
0: I know. All right. Goodbye,
1: Derek. <laughs> Derek. I did want um, before to before before we move on, yeah, and and talk about uh, the country clubs, the parent so, meeting, the parent, <laughs> and the, mm-hmm. and and the questionable response in terms of the staffing of the lifeguards um, at those beaches. You as a leader, I know you mentioned uh, briefly that in these types of situations, you, like, you want to be left alone. How difficult was it for you to put that aside and almost put on a brave face to be there for these young kids? And also, how, much, how vulnerable were you with them? How much did you let them into the fact that it was also affecting you?
3: Yeah, um, as I said before, I'm at the age where I can be a parent, and I treat some of the my staff as if they are my kids. Some of them I've known since they were babies, and the fact that some of them are going to college this year is making me turn gray and losing my hair just thinking about it. But um, when when that happened, I I put my my persona away, and I, they were my main responsibility as a as a leader. I want to make sure they're taken care of. So what we ended up doing is. School started the very next day. That's usually what happens after Labor Day. So my responsibility was to notify all the guidance departments for these kids to go to school. Sparta, Pope John, Lenby Valley, Morse Catholic, and uh, Morristown Beard High School in Morristown. There might have been one other. So we called them to let them know what's going on just in case these kids start getting the symptoms so they're well aware of what's going on. And the kids were having nightmares as well. I, I still I have nightmares to this the very day, actually, of that that day. Uh, and the problem with me is I have the director's cut, so everything that happened that day is still in here. So um, I wanted to make sure that my guards got counseling first. Uh, we have uh, we have a paychecks provider who does our HR. So after two counseling sessions, and they say that Sean Oliver can no longer. Uh, we've done the best that we can with him, and he needs more support that we would still pay for the kids uh, counseling afterwards. So I never got counseling and that was a fault on my part. But at the same time, I wanted to make sure that everyone else was taken care of first. So I was taking my life jacket off so someone else can uh, be saved. So I wanted to make sure that the guards were taken care of. Then my dumb mistake was I never got the counseling that I probably, it's probably going to live me for a long time, if not forever. It's one of those things you remember. And that's, that's what happened, but At the same time, just about everybody was so good to us. Very next day, I was getting phone calls saying, "Hey, I heard what happened. Are you okay?" Just like what happened with my mom when she had breast cancer. She, we went through a, a heroic event, and now everyone's reaching out saying, "Hey, this is this happened to me. If you need someone to talk to, if you don't want to talk to somebody at work, you have my number."
1: Yeah, man, I I, I really feel that, and um, I think uh, going back to what you said about people. F- forgetting what we as first responders have to deal with emotionally. Mm -hmm. Um, I think we ourselves forget it. I know I've been involved in really stressful situations on, off the beach. And me personally, you know, as the lifeguard and the lifeguard in me, when stuff like that happens, even though I'm involved, my first instinct is to go, is everyone okay? You know, and make sure they're okay before I think of myself. So... That's uh, yeah. I, I I that's really cool that um, you handled it that way, and I just I hope that uh, you do find a way to like, come to terms with it, you know, because right. because there's stuff, that's really hard to come to terms with, you know.
3: Yeah, I'm definitely getting better about it. As I said before, I'm getting married in September. Uh, my fiance knows everything about that day as well, so it wasn't a surprise and. It's definitely. I have gotten better. I can easily say that, but it takes time. It's mm-hmm. not like you say, "All right, it's gonna go away in two days." It doesn't really do that. But um, I'm, as I said before, we did everything right that day. There is no Monday morning quarterbacks. Should have done this. Should have done that. We did it to the book. And as I said before, I couldn't be more proud of my staff. I was worried about them coming back the very next year, but um, we. Ha- I happened to have the largest retention rate that following year. And just it was just a, a great group of kids. I can't even call them kids anymore because they became adults that day.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Mm. Uh, Derek, so you were concerned that the the paper and everything wasn't enough. You had a, a parents meeting. Uh, what? Why did you feel like that? I mean, that was important, but like, what made you make the call that that should happen? And how did that, how did th- their response to the situation? What was that like?
3: If one person got the material wrong, that means more than one were getting the material wrong. So we wanted to talk to the parents and say this is exactly what happened. this is the this is the resources that we have. We give them extra pieces of paper as well. so we were able to say these are the resources that we have for your son or daughter. So so they so they knew so just in case and when they, because the parents live with their kids. So if they're starting to see these symptoms later on they say, oh okay. This is what they told us, and this is what's happening now. So it was an open door for them to have any questions that they may have, why we did certain things, why it was just a, it was able to get, it was like a debriefing debriefing session for them as well. Closure.
1: Was this a plan that you already had in place in the event of something like this happening?
3: Correct. So uh, we have an emergency action plan, and in the event that there was an incident like that to happen, And we're just very special. As I said before, we are trained so well for just about everything. And as I said before, when that day happened, everything operated like clockwork. There was no stalling. We knew exactly what to do. And then afterwards, like we knew what was going to happen. But there's a difference between reading about it than being involved in it. So we really learned more about, I think everyone got a higher appreciation as to what lifeguards really do. We're not just there being on the beach. We're there to make sure that when you go in the water, we want to make sure you come out safely.
2: So, so Derek, uh, there was a staffing situation that happened the following year. Am I correct on that? They, uh, yeah. Did, did they pull all of the lifeguard stands after this?
3: So, um, at around that time, is uh, our our facility is in in financial debt? We're still in debt, but um, they want to uh, trim the budget a little bit. So, they were trying to figure out ways how to. Eliminate staffing uh, some of the beaches were not staffed two days a week And then so say for example one of our usually our beaches are open every day from whenever Sparta high school Graduates to Labor Day seven days a week from 12 o'clock in the afternoon to six at night so they were trying to figure out ways how to trim I Sat in on a meeting unfortunately I was pulled in not really knowing what the meeting was going to be about and I said all right these beaches have not a lot of not a lot of attendance but um, what happened was, as you guys are well aware of, when do most of the rescues happen? Do they happen at the beginning of the season or after the season? The answer at is the I would say at the beginning, though. Because oh. the reason why is uh, more people like say, for example, you don't swim year-round in New Jersey unless you're swimming up at the YMCA doing swim team. So when people sometimes their last time they're in the water is around Labor Day of, the, of uh, the year prior and they're not in the water until May or June, so that's a long time of, of uh, not being in the water practicing. So people swim out to the dock saying, oh, I did it last year. and Then all of a sudden they come out there and they, they realize that they're in trouble. So most of our rescues, at least from a lake perspective, I'm talking from a lake. There's a difference between lake and, and oceans. But most of our rescues happen at the beginning of the year. So on – what was that day? It was the 4th of July weekend. We had 10 rescues on that weekend. That's huge. So I, I called the general manager. I talked to some of the uh, board members. And it said hey just letting you know we had 10 rescues this weekend and then i got a phone call i was actually off tuesdays or the best day of the week for me i don't work on tuesdays yeah. so um i got a phone call saying hey um we're going up to full staff we're going to take it as a loss so uh, please go back to full swing so we resumed full time and then towards the end of the year i was uh, as i said before i was getting ready to uh, propose to uh, my fiance. it was I got engaged on, ooh, that's bad. I got engaged in November. (laughs) I think it was in November. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, the next day, I go into a meeting and it says, hey, I just want to let you know this isn't your fault. But um, uh, we're in a lot of financial uh, difficulties right now. And uh, due to that is we have to uh, let you go. This isn't a performance review, but it is just because, and we would like to have you back. But as I said before, I got engaged the, ver- the day prior, so I couldn't sit around and waiting. So I just said, what I'll do is I'm, I'm gone. I'm not coming back. So I wanted to be professional about it. And I wrote a how to do my job manual because everything is in my head of what to do. So if something were happening to me, they wouldn't know how to do my job. So I put together a, a manual of how to do everything so that my successor knows what they're doing. And then my last day, I think, was uh, December of this past year, so 2022. And then it's just been very difficult, actually. Um, are still in a little trouble with the with the country club financially. I'm gonna st- try to stay as positive as I can about it. I'm not gonna do like one of those work shoots on employment because I still have a lot of respect for some of the people that are working there as well. And um, our general manager is leaving. Um, he's gonna probably be gone relatively soon. As soon as they hire a new general manager, he resigned after people were putting the blame on him. Um, I don't think it was all of his fault. It was just a, know, just a off balance that was never corrected. Um,
2: Derek, if if you're okay with saying or talking about this, would you say it's just something along the lines of just trying to avoid the liability and just having the signage saying lifeguards, no lifeguards on duty. Some of your own risk is a is a cheaper alternative than having a staff or what. what I do don't like that. Doing? Yeah, me either. But uh, you think is that why they made the decision? Uh,
3: um, they were initially going to uh, eliminate guards the entire year, but uh, they had a vote this past Monday where they're bringing the uh, budget that I put together and I said, "All right, this is what we this is what I need to successfully." operate at the lake i i think my budget i think my 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 numbers was i looked at it last night because i wanted to pretend to know what i was talking about today <laughs> it was uh my budget was uh two hundred eleven thousand and some odd dollars and that's for the certifications through the red cross that is getting all our water samples that is any first aid equipment that we need the AED batteries last year i had to replace two of those those things are expensive they're like five hundred dollars a pop for a battery yeah. So, um, so yeah. it would be impossible to go over that budget, but I put together that is the, so like, say for example, you know, like a styrofoam cup, yes. uh, we're going to do like, we're going to do like an accounting one-on-one intro course. So when you do a, a styrofoam cup, you poke a little hole in the water, in the, in the bottom, water is going to come out of it. So when you get, when you get money in there, it's slowly going to pour out. So that's how I was doing the budget. And I didn't want to poke all holes. And by the moment we get money, it's going to disappear. So I put together a safely budget, so this is how it's going to work. They're not going to go over my budget. It would be almost impossible to do it, but it is the worst-case scenario for them. So they are going to have a successor, and I'm trying to stay out of it as best as I can. I don't want to know, but at the same time, people ask me, hey, what's going on? Hey, what's going on is I'm I'm working for a different organization, and I wish them the very best.
0: Can I, can I make a comment here? Because you know there's a couple things here. Uh, uh, I read maybe about six months ago, a bunch of, um, uh, beaches in New York state. And what they did is they got rid of all the lifeguards and they, um, had a, uh, offsite, you know, fire department rescue team ready to go. Mm-hmm. And they would put all the signs up, swim at your own risk. And they would be instead of, you know, they would be retroactive instead of proactive. Mm-hmm. And that's been, that's around people are pushing that, you know, and I'm very sure these towns are, you know, hearing it. Uh, I think you know personally they have more liability that way because or not to say li maybe not more liability but you you're gonna by the time you get there they're dead, I mean you know unfortunately that's the situation so I think that's a terrible way to go these people. Uh, you know, what, what will happen is, is, is in a lot of these towns, they're going to get lawsuits. They think they're going to be protected, but you know, uh, you, they, they, they'll, you'll bring in people like me and I'll say, you know, it, 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 with a, with a lifeguard on duty, it's one in a million that somebody drowns without a lifeguard it's one in a hundred thousand, you know, so right. that's, that's one thing I wanted to put out. And, and, it, and it's sad because we, we see that now, Derek, in our area, um, we, New Jersey uh, has uh, I don't know if you notice you know, uh, oh, you got to pay overtime for lifeguards uh, over forty hours. Well, a lot of these towns that want to pay to forty hours, don't want to pay that. And so you used to have lifeguards who were working sixty hours a week and they were getting straight pay. Now they're not right. going to be able to get the straight pay, or you know they have to be time and half, and they're not going to get it. So now you're going to have to get more lifeguards, which would be difficult. So there's going to be a lot of beaches that they'd be stretched. So that's, that's an interesting, I just want to go back for one thing because, you know, you mentioned, (laughs) and I'm, I'm, you know, this is a medical thing and this is for people who are listening and, uh, and, and this has a lot to do with uh, the lake. So what is the temperature of the lake in, 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 like in the beginning of the season and the end of the season?
2: What's your... Labor Day is when the the drowning occurred. Yeah.
0: So what was the temperature of the lake at that point?
3: Um, It's actually interesting that you uh, brought that up because I don't know if you follow the United States uh, Coast Guard on uh, Facebook.
0: But, um, yesterday oh, they came out with, he, he probably yeah. does. Uh, yeah, Perfect. I, I, I'm a Coast Guard auxiliary. So uh, yeah, okay. I, I'll not only, uh, <laughs> read it. I, uh, we are yeah.
3: So, um, they posted a uh, video, uh, yesterday cause a few days ago, we were, we were in like 80 degree weather and it's, uh, b- mid, uh, I said mid March, uh, mid April. So, um, they went in the water, they showed someone wearing a life preserver and then he had someone in a uh, full swim outfit and they're, right. they're in the water for about five minutes and the water there at that time is uh, 45 degrees. And afterwards, they're the, the guy, they get out of the water and they do certain tests. So uh, the first test was to get get your phone and do like a math equation. Like, for example, I think they did go to your phone and type in 7 times 33 and get the answer. The person who had the, a swim outfit on was able to get it very quickly, just like how you and I would right now. Then the other person tried to get their phone and they're –
1: Yes, trying like to get to their them, hand they're like shaking yeah, yeah. they
3: can't get everything yeah. right and they took them it took them about yeah. 30 seconds to do such a simple equation and then the very next step that they did was they did like they did a, a knot game where they had to untie the knot the one guy did it really quickly the other guy probably did it in about 2 minutes so it it that time of year at this time of year it's really cold water this what, uh, was the,
0: what was in what was in labor day Was it get to 70 80 yeah, it was,
3: it was it was warm water that day. No, re- it was re- really the re- nice.
0: The reason why I'm bringing it up is is, is is there's another reason. First of all, you what you're talking about um, where they did tests and everything. Actually, there's a lot of those things. They actually ha- put people in 30 to 32 degree water, 40 degree water, in about 50 degree water, you have about maybe, you know, 15 minutes before you start to not only, you know, get real weak but get mentally uh, disorientated. When you talk about the seasons and everything, you know, early when you ask the question, you know, uh, when do we have more rest, you know, drownings? Got to understand, we start Memorial weekend. We actually start, right. you know, in, in the middle of May. And then our water could be right now is probably, you know, in the 40s, maybe 50s. So you don't get a lot of people going in the water. It's cold, man. It's cold. You know, when it's when it's 52, you know, it, it, it's a lot of people don't go in. Um, by the end of the year in September, our water's is 70 degrees and a lot of people go on. And the problem is, but we do have drownings in the beginning and the end because there's no lifeguards. And we get right. the crowds come down. Very few people drown where there's lifeguards on duty. So our drownings are either the beaches leave. Not every beach has lifeguards at the same time uh, uh, for staffing issues and or after hours. And we have a whole set of things after hours. You know, there's cops on the beach and things like that. Well, I wanted to ask you about the reason why I'm asking about the temperature of the water when, and I don't want to bring you back to bad memories, but when this individual, right. but this is important because people listen to this. When that individual was brought out of the water, you know, you guys are saying it's about 30 minutes. Did, would they, did they, did they just pronounce him? Would they do CPR on him? Pronounced. Yeah. So yeah. I'm sorry, but let me make my point because this is something that people should understand. And he's 80 years old too. And, and, and the Palo water, but when you get somebody who's in a, in a lake, especially, especially a frozen lake or a cold lake. Or even in the cold ocean, you know, we, 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 would, we would do CPR on them. And um, uh, because there is a lot of evidence, there are, you know, that people will come back. I doubt him and the temperature of the water. But this, the water is like when it's like breakthrough ice and it's 30 degrees. There's people right. who've been out for 20 minutes underneath <laughs> the water. They got to, you know, usually young so kids. So you're
2: saying colder water can be better for CPR?
0: No cold water. What happens is well, it slows it, down it, your heart metabolism. Rate, right? it's, it's, it, it slows it, it everything slows, down. It slows down your metabolism. It's like hibernation. Yeah. And it, you know, the thing that kills you, I mean, well, obviously, you stop breathing. But you, your brain, the blood does not go to your brain. You don't get any oxygen. What happens when you're in that cold environment? You, your brain doesn't die as quick because it doesn't. It's cold. It needs it's less slow, less oxygen. Right. It needs less oxygen. And so if I had somebody in June who was submerged and we got them quickly, that's why it's so important to get somebody quickly. We'd get them out and we would do CPR if the water was that cold. 50 degrees, you know, eh, it's, the cold, it's the lakes. I don't know if anybody ever survived 50, you know. And, I mean, if you get them out in two, three minutes, you know, there'd be something different. I would, my point is, though, I think it's something that's from an educational standpoint, people should realize, I mean, if you have a cold lake, somebody's right now in that lake and they – they go in, you know, they're drunk, whatever, and they they dive in and they're a twenty two year old kid. Well, if you could get him in maybe five, ten minutes and and then I would CPR him, I'd bring him to the hospital, you know, you might you might you might be able to get something out of that, you know. So I just wanted to throw that out for you know from a from a medical standpoint. It, it, it I don't know if you guys did you ever hear but, that, Sean? Yeah, that's you
2: know? fascinating. I didn't know that.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen it. And um, you know, uh, but it's cold. The other thing is with the um with the uh with, with our beaches, like I said, it's and, and we're going to see some acute problems this year because the, the the towns don't want to pay the forty you know over forty hours. And We're having hard hard time getting lifeguards, so it's going to be interesting. To see. Yeah, the,
2: the staffing issue, Derek's everywhere. Everywhere, it's, it's yeah. Everywhere. And, and, and
0: and you know the funny thing is that because uh, you talk about your you know your your club, we have towns here that have you know properties on the beach that are ten million dollars, seven million dollars, and they're crying the blues about money. So yeah. I, you know I think it's disingenuous. <laughs> I mean, I think there's other things going on. I think a lot of people, no, no. <laughs> say the, it,
1: Cash, say it. Well, no, no, I, yeah. be, I don't want to be slandering, oh, anybody. Put the camera on yourself before no, you say no, it. Yeah, yeah,
0: get the camera of those guys. But no, <laughs> I, I think what it is is that a lot of people believe that lifeguarding is just bullshit, that it's not necessary. It's probably like a, a necessary evil, and they don't want to deal with it. And then they talk to the lawyers, and a lot of these lawyers are like, you know what, if somebody drowns and then you got a lifeguard, you got liability. Get rid of them, put signs up, swim at your own risk. And, you know, uh, 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 and, and that might be, and, and, you know, you have the fire company come there, you know, uh, to, uh, to try to clean up the mess. Maybe it is lo- less liability, but there's a bigger thing here. It's called morality. Yeah. It's called, <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's saving lives who I don't give a crap about the money. I mean, you know what, you know what I'm saying? And when I hear these lawyers, you know, cause I, I dealt with this Derek on, on, on that level, talking to the lawyers right. and, and, uh, uh, all the years I've been working on different beaches and I tell them, I say, okay, but can you sleep at night if a 15-year-old girl or boy drowns? And you could have had lifeguards there and you could have stopped it. You know, so anyway, that's my – I get off my soapbox. But I, I feel for you, you know, and, and you just can't you, – you could just – I wouldn't give up. And I would keep on telling these people, you know, that, that, that the better – you're way better off having lifeguards. I mean, I think we would all agree on that, right? So, De- De- was, uh, definitely. There, was there
2: litigation that you had to deal with with this incident or – no,
0: it's unfortunate. He off yeah. the dock. He was his own dock, right? So you know.
3: Yep. Yeah, and we, as I said before, we did everything to the book. Everything there. I can't. I can't think of any mistakes that we did that day. And my only, my thing, my biggest worry was at the time for this year when our budget wasn't approved until Monday. Um, that I was scared that another Labor Day was going to happen at our lake. And I know so many people. That's a twenty-seven hundred home community, and I know about eighty percent of the people and i'm just thinking, what's the probability of one of my friends being the uh, being a victim or their kids well, as well yeah, and yeah. i'm glad that the budget got resolved and i'm glad who who's coming back is going to come back and i i hope they do well uh, i'm i'll be thinking about them but at the same time i have to move on too
0: no listen you didn't do anything wrong i mean i, I wasn't there but mm-hmm. the, you know the reality is he was dead when you guys got there you know i mean unfortunately right. uh, yeah, and, so- and that's that's something you have to realize and you can't, and maybe it will help you, you know, going, I mean, we, there, there's certain, there's accidents to happen. I mean, the guy, you know, who, I wouldn't put a life preserver on, you know, coming out of the boat on my own dock. I mean, it's just, accidents happen sometimes. It's, 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 it's just, you know, he, God was calling him to, you know, home. So, I mean, you have to look at it that way. And he's a better, and I'm, I'm a Christian. Now. He's in a better place as far as I'm concerned. And, uh, but you guys did, you know, did a good response, but you can't let it, can't let it, you know, eat you, you know, and stay inside. No. As far as the other people's reaction, you know, the people, people do what they want to do. I, I nothing surprises me anymore. You, uh,
1: you say yeah. that you did, you guys did everything by the book, which is what people should expect out of uh, any competent lifeguard organization. Um, mm-hmm. Would you mind touching on some of your training standards? What are, what is like a day of training look like on the lake?
3: Okay, so um, we are obligated to – we get to the beaches 15 minutes early. Usually the the younger guards get there because they get dropped off. They don't have a license yet. I think they're 17 when you can start driving. So they get up, they set the beaches up, and they're obligated to do at least 10, 15 minutes of uh, PT, personal training, just getting out there. And then every once in a while our Marine Patrol – one thing I should probably define because I I say it, but not everyone knows what it means. Marine Patrol is they kind of – they are – members of the lake and they patrol the lake. So in the event that a boat breaks down or there's emergency at the lake, they can probably get there quicker than I could getting in the car and driving there. So they have the radios, the same radios as us. They do a buoy drop. So they throw a buoy in the water and the guard activates the emergency action plan. How does emergency action plan work? They blow the whistle, they point to where they're going. I'm pointing. I don't even know if the camera can see me, but uh, they swim out there and it's and it's documented. And they are obligated to put that in the paper in our in our beach diary, because if it's not in if it's not in writing, it didn't happen. So they're able to put everything on there. And one one thing, one great thing actually that we learned from that day was we have changed a little we have changed our application phase as well. So what we did was we now have a em- we have emergency contacts, so in the event that Ryan Sheridan or Bob Smith has a needs a help, and we need to get a hold of their parents, we now have emergency contact on our application, so we can get a hold of them, saying, "Hey, your son's at Beach Five, and he got stung by a bee, and he's allergic, and we are trying to get your son medical attention." Just so they know, so that's how we were able to get in contact with everybody going forward, and it's all on a, a Google Docs as well. So all my supervisors know who to contact just in case i'm not there so we did learn from from tragedy
0: yeah can i, can I make another point because uh, on this thing here i wanted to throw this out too because you talked about the fish finder you know and yeah. uh so I, I, I you know i've i've used sonar uh, on my boats you know so i'm, I'm very, very aware of it and it's a great tool but when you know when the coast guard now when we have drownings around here uh Usually, you know, I mean, after uh, you know, so many hours, we know it's a recovery. It goes from a rescue to a recovery, and they'll bring in the boat now to bring. And they got this thing. What's it's not only the sonar goes straight down. Now they have front-directed sonar, front-scanning sonar. Goes out about twenty-five yards, believe it or not. And so they could come close to the shore. They don't have to go into the waves, and they can actually see. And that's how they got that last body um, in Seaside Park. I forget if you guys remember. They, yeah last year, and um, they we, nobody could find it you know it's currents moving around and everything and they brought in a, a, you know the Coast guard comes and they have the helicopters but this so so sonars is, is is a big thing now and, and the, specifically the front front uh, uh, pointing sonar and i've used it you know I mean, it's amazing it's, it's a really amazing technology, so not you know, I just want to throw it out to give you complete you know you're talking about that so yeah interesting
2: I uh, yeah. Derek, I want to end on, end on at least a positive note. Can you tell Derek? me what – I was just doing some research what the watermelon relays are. <laughs>
3: <laughs> That's <laughs> – sorry, I'm cracking up. So um, what we do at, towards the end of the season as just like a fun way to get the guards uh, uh, bonding with each other because probably like three days later, some of them are gone from gone to school and they're not going to see them again until next summer or over winter break. We do a, uh, a lifeguard Olympic event. This I wasn't prepared for this one, so kudos for this one. So, um, we do one uh, well, towards the end because that's like the one that everyone comes for. It's kind of like the main event. It's the Super Bowl of the event. So uh, we do like a greasy watermelon. We dip it in uh, canola oil, and it's all greased up. It's it's in our it's in our refrigerator at the Country Club. We get a lot of weird looks saying, "What are you doing to this watermelon?" I'm like, oh, it's like our Olympics. So we gre- have it greased for about two days. And then the day of the event, everybody's talking about it. Like, oh, you, I wonder if gonna absorbs, get it.
2: Do you think it absorbs the oil and like gets slippery for two days? Is that why you do that?
3: Yeah, we just uh, let it rest. Uh, we have this thing called Google, so we kind of get recommendations off that, and uh, just let it go. And then we bring it up in like one of those uh, cooking pans because that thing's sliding all over the place. And when the guards are picking up, it's like fumble. It's it's like your hands are bathing butter. You can't you can't hold anything still. So. <laughs> it's got the kids are like wrestling with it i think i have it somewhere on youtube if i'm not mistaken it's like it. the match oh did you yeah. <laughs> so it's just so much fun watching uh, some kids have gotten injured like little falls like little bruised knees and kids kids get hurt spoiler alert but uh, it's it's a fun way to end summer they're always talking about it and when they come back say hey when's the lifeguard olympics so it's a good way to build camaraderie and they look forward to it they don't. They don't dread coming to work. They look forward to it because they know come August, uh, someone's getting that watermelon and just a little fun way to uh, debrief after a stressful, stressful
0: few weeks. You guys eat it afterwards. You cut it up and eat it. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) We got Bill Capri. (laughs) That's good. You got to do stuff like that. And that's one thing, you know, we do. We we, like when I'm, you know, on the beach, I try to, we'll have stuff on the radio, you know, and the radios, our <laughs> radios, we monitor the police, we, you know, they monitor us and the beach, you know, so there's a lot of people listening to it and it gets tense sometimes, you know, there's stuff going yep. on and I, and these guys know, I'll try to throw out a crack, you know, not to be, you know, not to be stupid about it, but a little anecdotal thing and it, it calms everybody down. It's, you know, it's good to do sometimes, you know. <laughs> <laughs> all right yeah, yeah. How, let me ask you this when you your beach just just because it, you know it's quite it's an hour already but right? we this one flew this was a good show your when you your beaches how many people first of all how many lifeguards were in your compliment you know uh the year round, like your whole how many you yeah, had 30 40 lifeguards what 10, 20. 20, 10 i 20? would
3: love to have 40 that would have been what, perfect what, um what was your number due to the Due to the uh, lifeguard shortage that we've been going on experiencing, uh, we probably last year was our lowest numbers. We probably had about thirty
0: five. I <coughs> still big. With that. That's good. It, yeah, that's not. We a bad...
3: we have a yeah. So but we'd me... like to have, have a little more, but what, what, do with what we can.
0: What was the pay, like you know average salary for lifeguards? What did you guys? What were you? What was the pay?
3: So this is why we lost everybody. Uh, pay um because we are the largest uh, operation in Sussex County. It's, uh, we can't do the high pay salaries at some of the lower, like the smaller lakes, like some of the lakes were doing a uh, 20 an hour <laughs> and they're, oh. yeah. So, um, they, we were we, losing just for that, but the way that we were able to, I'll, I'll answer the question in a second, the way that we were able to, uh, keep people is that we were able to provide hours. Everyone could work 30 to 36 hours a week. Um, We're getting, with minimum wage, I think it's uh,
0: $15 an hour now, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah. Well, seasonal, yeah, but we're grandfathered in, but it's close.
3: So I think the the starting pay last year, I think it was, a third. trying to think of our rookie guards and when I was doing the paperwork. I want to say the uh, starting wage last year was like $1,350 for just starting out. And then it depends on your certifications as well. Uh, Lifeguard management, we have a lot of people with that. Two of our guards now are EMT, so they're able to get a raise from that. Uh, they have a what else did they have? Um, incident command certification uh, that's offered through I believe if it's not the Coast Guard, it's somebody else where they're able to take over in the event emergency. They know how to operate, and they have LGI lifeguard instructor. I'm trying to think if there's anything else that they can get. So, and then every year they get experience, uh, they get a, a pay raise from the year prior. And then another thing that we guys do, something you guys might want to talk about is we do a lifeguard incentive. So in the event that uh, someone works 300 more hours in a the season, they get a check for a quarter for every time they go over. So when you uh, you do 300 hours and you times that by uh, 25 cents, that turns out to be $75. So they get $75 on the very last pay period of the year. It's usually like the last day in, in uh, October or the very last week in September, and then going into next year, they also get a twenty-five cent raise going into the year prior. So when I put together my budget for this year, uh, for the whoever's uh, su- succeeding me, and then I put down the starting pay to just be seventeen fifty an hour because we were good. the lowest in the county, that's and good. I hope yeah. that they listen to me. But at the same time, I had I. I can't sit. I can't solve everything for them anymore.
0: Mm-hmm. No, no. The um, we we're we're up to starting sixteen dollars an hour, but you know we, we go higher. The uh, there's one beach here at Island Beach State Park, which is a, which is the state of New Jersey. They're paying uh eighteen dollars and fifty cents an hour, but the minimum wage right now, the seasonal uh, uh the seasonal lifeguards are a little bit off. I think the minimum wage now for everybody is fourteen dollars. I think next year we it'll hit lost 15. Eric again. Oh, we did. Oh, damn it.
2: Damn.
1: Snap.
0: Snap. See if he comes back. Yeah. So, but what, so, was, what was the wage cash? Well, we here he is. Here he is. We have technical difficulty. We lost him. We got him here. Here you go. Are you back with us? Yes. Um, hey. Can I say go. how
3: much I dislike optimum internet?
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the point I was saying is that um, in New Jersey – uh, the lifeguards are offset a little bit, or seasonal, I should say. We don't, so you <laughs> don't have to pay fourteen. I think maybe right now you got to pay 15, uh, thirteen. But you make a good point. You got to, you know, you got to compete against McDonald's, Burger King, and wherever else, you know. And uh, it's a problem. The, um, uh, but so you have that crowd. So how many? So I'm just trying to get a feel. Uh, so you, you got, I don't know how many beaches. You sound like you have a lot. But what kind of crowds you get? I mean, do you get like thousands of people on some of your beaches, or just? Like, No, how, no. it's just, so it's a minimal, it's kind of like low key, you know, like, uh, like what like so, say, some of the busiest the
3: beaches, beach. uh, based on the numbers from last year, I know that Beach Six was our busiest beach last year. Sometimes it's upper, sometimes it's that uh, Beach Four, but Beach Six has usually been pretty stagnant and be number one. So I would say, regularly, like on weekends, because everyone's home for the weekends, most people are they're off on weekends. Uh, I'm not, but. For for them, sometimes like on our daily counts, you're looking at like 155 at one point, like 155, 170 on a weekend per hour.
0: Okay, okay, yeah. And do you have a lot, you you guys have a lot of medical issues or no, not too much? Like, or is it mostly? It's mostly, thankfully um,
3: a lot of it is uh, we, as I said before, we're up in the woods. So we have a lot of uh, bees in our area. So a lot of people are getting stung by bees. One of my guards actually did the Heimlich maneuver last year on somebody as well, and then um, he was actually kind of mad because his mom forgot to bring him lunch. So the lady's like, "Hey, I'll buy you whatever you want. You just did me. You just did the Heimlich maneuver on me."
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> so about- it's like, um,
3: "I'm not having what you just coughed up." But
0: <laughs> and, and, and the water is there? Is there? I mean, is there any? You don't get jellyfish there, like and, I mean, no. It, any, it's anything, all like So there's nothing there that could bite anybody, or you know, nothing Fish. dangerous there. Fish. Yeah, no sharks or (laughs) I hope not. (laughs) I know
3: years ago, uh, because you might have uh, heard about the uh, Lake of Packon, which is probably about like all four minutes from where I live now. Uh, They had the scare like there was an anaconda in the lake. It was just a big myth. Uh So uh, if you if when you get bored later on at 10 o'clock at night, type in Lake of Packon anaconda and you're just going to totally face bomb when you say, wow, people really believe that. I mean, if it's on the Internet, it has to be true.
2: People Did, don't surprise us anymore.
0: No, do you? Do, so the other thing too is, do you guys have? Um, do you have like paddle boards, like the big red ones for the lake? You know, and, and so yeah. what we use is that we use the uh, the ocean uh, kayaks. Okay, okay, yeah. good. Okay, uh, and, and so no boards. you Use the ocean kayaks you like that. Why? Why? Why one? What, like, why do you go with that? I'm, just, I'm not criticizing. I'm just asking. I'm learning. <laughs> I want to know. Like, is it better? You think or easier to use or? just, just cheaper. Or like, what was your, what was the reason why you got those as opposed to the red boards?
3: Uh, we use the, uh, the ocean kayaks for a few things. Uh, for example, if there's someone out on the lake, say they, we have a lot, it's a boating lake. So a lot of people are going tubing or skiing. If there is someone that flips over on the canoe on their, uh, not canoe, if uh, they flip over off their tube, they can get out there and check in make sure they're okay. If they're, like, as I said before, in Marine Beach when they do the buoy drops, they have the option of using the kayak to get out there quicker. You can get out there on a kayak a lot quicker than you can swimming. So board, uh, we've tested board. that, too, as well. So we, we have the whiteboards okay. out there, too. So it's really – depends on what beach they have. Are they at every beach? No. But they're at the busier beaches, so they're able to get
0: out there quicker. And and do you guys have, like, the red cans? And, and then, uh, like, our beach, we have – Two guys, two two people on the lifeguard stand say one has a, a loose can, you know, the red can, and mm-hmm. then the person next to him has a, a red can that's attached to a rope. So they'll both go out and – because we got currents and all of that, you know, and, and right. waves breaking down and everything. And so we'll – the loose can will go out. They'll get the victim – or two and then another can goes out and obviously we'll put more of lifeguards if there's more people in water but um and then we pull them in do you guys do that rope or you just just send one lifeguards out uh, with a red can like maybe do they use fins like what's what how do you what's your mechanics for making a rescue if you need to get some yeah
3: so um we are waterfront lifeguards so uh, we have the uh, rescue tubes it's the long long rescue tube right, go right. online right, right and then um they also, since we're waterfront, we're obligated to give them mask and fins. They get like a dive bag at the beginning of the season. And when we do the lifeguard orientation, we give them their dive bag. We give them their shirt as well. And you say, all right, now that you have this, at the end, your very last day, whether it's Labor Day or if they go back to college, August 15th, they're obligated to turn in the dive bag with their mask and fins with them as well. So they take care of their equipment. They, take, they bring it back at their very last day of the season. Uh, they get a whistle with them as well. I can't remember what else was in there. Do you, yeah, have two, that's,
0: do you have two lifeguards on each stand or just one lifeguard on each stand?
3: Um, depends on the beach. As, uh, beach is uh, Beach 6, Alpine and Upper. Those are relatively our right. busiest and bigger beaches as well, so they get three. Um, every other beach has two other beaches or, or two other lifeguards. And then uh, Tamarack and Sleepy Lagoon, that's a very small beach, so they get one. And they are obligated to uh, communicate on the radio half hour, just doing a radio check. Um, Sleepy Lagoon to beach six, go ahead, radio check. Just making sure that everything is okay. And then if there's a problem, they can communicate over the radio. And say, hey, um, I have something over here at at Tamarack. Yeah. I need, need yeah. a little assistance. And then I, I'm on the radio with driving in the car as well. And well, so well, we.
0: I'm sorry, again. I'm sorry, again. Good.
3: I I tell that for The
0: the big beach that you have, how many lifeguard stands do you have? there you have regular like lifeguard stands, right? The the wooden yeah. ones, yeah. So how many stands yeah. would you have on that beach? You know, three, every four. every beach has one. Okay, so that's how it works. Okay. Yep. Gotcha. All right. Yeah. Well, I was just asking because then you only need one lifeguard. If you have two lifeguard stands, you need you need four lifeguards. That's the state law, you know. So I was just asking how they work it over there. So, all right, good. You know, it's, I think it's educational. I mean, every beach is different. Yeah. And, um, uh, you know, I just wondered how a lake works. We had a guy, what was it, Lake Huron? Uh, you know. Uh, Scott. And Scott. Right. And he, you know, he, he really, you know, he talked about different things. I'm just, was interested in, you know, how you ran your beach and, like, how, you know, how it's different. Because, you know, we, uh, I mean, I think, I think a lake is, if somebody's going down in a the lake, they're going down. You know, our right. people, they get sucked out. They're not really drowning. It ain't getting back in. They, we know it before they know it, you know, and they're kind of just like, you know, swimming a little bit but going backwards, you know. And, and, but in a lake, man, they start going down. They go down. If, they, if they're on a raft or, you know, like you said, a, uh, a ring and they go underneath, you know, shoot, man. so it could be bad. So what else? Anything, uh, you know, I tell you, it flew by. It's an hour and 15 minutes. I mean, this was a great, great show. I learned Feels a lot like I known you guys.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, it was great. I, I, I think yeah, well, that, we got a good chance to get to know each other before the show yeah. on account of. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry I was late. <laughs> anyway, traffic. Uh, uh, what, what, uh, so on account of the traffic. It's yeah. yeah,
0: traffic. Nah, it just was patience. You know, I just I get I get hammered with my patience, so unfortunately that's just the way it is. What else uh, we got to say, guys? We wanna we wanna pack it in. We're doing pretty well. What do you think? I think that's it. Well, listen. I I, I I really appreciate you coming on. Uh, uh, it was yes. a pleasure speaking to you. Uh, it was really good, and uh, it was very uh, it was very exciting. L- you know, listen. To everything. I, I hope that everything you know comes around for you. Good luck. You know, you're and your mom and congratulations your Congratulations on, on right, your engagement. Yeah, yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. And, and uh,
1: Derek, let, you're welcome back anytime. Um, the door is open. Hopefully next time we can talk about some of the fun stuff that goes on in the lake. Yeah, oh, there's, there's a lot, lot of fun stuff. stuff. So, yeah, yeah. We, of yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. That's what we want to talk about next time. Yeah, yeah
1: get 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 real.
0: <laughs> anyway, uh, guys, well, listen. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Uh, really, really do. And
2: Derek, if you remember the, uh...
0: stay out and stay alive. All right, all right, man. Thank you very much. We'll see you next time. All right, all right.
1: Bye, bye.